Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the Lower Level. The home of H&On. I'm your host, Moshi. And I am Patrizio. And Moshi, don't get in my motherfucking face. If I were you, I'd be real nice right now, especially if you want some money in your fucking books. That was a paraphrase. I wanted you to do the whole thing. If you're gonna, if you're gonna give me Dana, I want the whole Dana. I want the whole monologue. Oh. No. <laughs> Can never do anything right on this podcast. <laughs> I, I just want to say, first of all, like thank you if you've returned to the podcast <laughs> after last week's like microaggressions and just straight up racism, misogyny homophobia like who which community did I not offend last week <laughs> you know what I'm so proud that you've been able to reflect and you've come back this week ready to apologize <sighs> I mean I am the original housewife apologist so it makes a lot of sense and you know what you've just shown exactly how people should be apologizing none of this I'm sorry if you were offended you said I'm sorry that I offended you, or if I offended you, you acknowledge that you offended everyone. So those of you out there who don't know how to apologize, please take note from Patrizia here. That we are about accountability culture, not cancel culture. Okay. Okay, Teddy Mellencamp. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm actually Sunny Hostein, but that's another podcast. Whoa. (laughs) I'm not again. (laughs) All right. Look, before you reverse your apology. Before I have to make another one. Another one. Talk to us. What is the word on the street this week? All right. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna stick to what we know, what's happening right now on, on the Housewives, what's airing right now. We're gonna start in Potomac. Okay. We found out this week, we spoke about it last week that Robin and Juan had a marriage license, had applied for a marriage license. But then this week we found out that they got married. Shook. Well, but then it made me think, Moshi, because I was like, you last week were like, they can apply for a license all they want until it's signed. (laughs) They are not married. So then again, I was kind of like, just because they did a fake ceremony does not mean they're married because the license needs to be signed. And like, when did this all happen? Anyway, apparently at the, at the final episode of Potomac of this season, we're going to get like a cut scene, like three months later, Juan and Robin got married with no one there. And then they're going to discuss it at the reunion. Yeah. But I think from Robin's part, Nobody knows how to extend the shelf life of, like, having nothing happening in your life like Robin does. Um, so I'm really excited for, her, for like, all of next season to be, like, Robin looking for her marriage licence and trying to get it signed. <laughs> well, I mean, this has been her thing. This has been her shtick for the last, like, five seasons. So what, now she's married. Now what? True. Can we stick to something that we don't know, something that isn't factual, that is recently coming out? And I know, like, we're going to talk about, obviously, um, this this week's episode of Real Houses of Potomac, which is season seven, episode 15. But I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I think it's all about the tea. 
is saying that because they live in Maryland, that they have been contacted by a woman who was dating Juan Dixon during like towards the end of the pandemic or the end of lockdowns because the pandemic is still out there, people, Um, and that Robin was aware of it. And I kind of believe that there is something that is very laissez-faire about Robin and Juan's relationship. Like I, one of the things that I actually do appreciate about their relationship is that I find them to be incredibly open and honest. And I think that like they both, they when one of them does their own thing, the other one also does their own thing, if that makes any sense. I just think Robin is much better at like keeping it hidden. And I think like she was okay with it because at the end of the day, like she knew she was going to have one. Do you know what I mean? I think she's like chill about stuff like that. I have a completely different opinion. All right. Tell me your opinion. See, this is what I love. Tell me your opinion. Well, this it's like, it's the same like when Joe Judice was like to the New Jersey producers, like, hey, has anyone ever been arrested from being on this show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Juan wants to be on the show because he knows that all this stuff's going to come out, right? And I don't, I don't know how much... Robin agrees or knows or all the rest of it. But I truly believe this tea that he had this girlfriend. I mean, it was discussed in this week's episode as well. We're going to get into that later on. But I truly believe it. I I mean, it's hard not to believe. And then he's caught up in all this other, like, drama as well with, like, his coaching gig we discussed, like, at the end of last year. Like, I just don't... I just don't think he wants to be on the show because he knows that, like the truth will come out. Well, you know, effectively he hasn't been a real stand-up guy. And one of the the conversations and discussions that I've seen happening in the comments sections um, of, like, different blog sites is a lot of people are, like, really, like, disappointed in Robin because Robin from day dot, re- and, and look, I don't want to be projecting how I feel about things onto to Robin. She's entitled to do whatever she wants, and that is an element of um, her feminism perhaps. But, like, Robin is the one who single-handedly, like, pulled their family out of the brink of bankruptcy because regardless of whether they were together or not, the bankruptcy that they had that was for both of them. Like both of them are affected. Like she is the one that kept the family together, did all these things. And she's been like kind of fiercely independent, right? And she flaunts that independence. And then it just sort of feels like a bit of a slap in the face because like what we do see of her relationship with Juan is never favourable. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this has all been going on for a very long time as well. True. He's never been around. That's just the impression I get. Well, yeah, I mean, he's fortunate that he's, <laughs> I say fortunate, but the type of work that he does keeps him away, right? Gives him an out. But it's just, I think for a lot of people, it's like hard to reconcile because Robin is like an attractive woman. She's smart. She's funny. She has all the hallmarks of somebody who it would have been so much nicer to perhaps see her and Giselle, you know, single girls on the town, Giselle going for one type of guy and Robin going for, like, a really hot different type of guy <laughs> and, like, watching that kind of crazy shenanigans. But anyway, that's just, 
from my lips to God's ears, that's all I can manifest. <laughs> Maybe not now that she's married. Well, I mean, marriage isn't starting off well, that's all I have to say. Not in the back of these rumours. Mm, Karen's out there just laughing her little head off. Well, no, Karen's in hiding because Juan is attracted to women like Karen. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that. All right, but also in Potomac this week, we also got the reunion chart. Bravo, Bravo leaked it so no one else could. <laughs> it's about time they started doing that sort of stuff. Like, get to it first. Just do it. Um, so we got the seating arrangements. Yes. Moshi, any any thoughts, feelings? Um feuds. So normally what we see is the factions on one side and then a faction on the other side. And even though there are factions this side, the seating is mixed up because Giselle and Robin are not on the same side. But everybody right. is opposite the person that they have the biggest feud with. And Wendy, you know, it makes sense. She gets Mia and she gets Robin. It's, like, pretty awesome, actually. But then why couldn't you have swapped... Like, just basically done, like, the seating from last year, which would have been, like, Karen, Ashley, Wendy all on one side. Karen, Ashley, Wendy. I think it's much more fascinating. Like, I think, so number one, I think that Giselle and Robin, since last season, have asked to not be seated. Like, they don't want to be seated next to each other. Like, I think that's a deliberate thing. Um, they don't want to be the well. I mean, that's been your your theory all season that they are trying trying to have their break free break free season from each other. Like, no, I, I think they they're trying to like support. Like, I can't even speak right now. Apologies, everyone. Um, no, they're trying to really make a constant, or they were trying to make this really intentional effort to not be viewed as a dual entity of the green-eyed monsters. I know it's bandits, but it's monsters to me. Um, but I'm going to be really honest with you, that died in the ass. Like, they tried it and it failed. Like, we saw it in this week's episode, and I'd, we won't talk about this, but I'll just mention it now, is at the one of the final lunches when Mia is forced to sit next to Jacqueline, it's purely so Giselle and Robin can sit next to each other. Like, they they are an entity whether they like it or not and they can do whatever they want from an optic side to make it seem less that way but yeah i think i think we're never going we're not going it's going to be a while before we see them sitting next to each other or on the same side of the couch again i think i feel sorry um well i don't feel sorry for mia and robin who have have done the stunts this season and still get <laughs> shafted to the end of the couch like you tried you did but i think you know what it is? So, like, Giselle is obviously the Kyle of the show and Ladam, like, they're kind of the Kyles. They will always get that spot next to Andy, unfortunately. Um, and then I think Ashley did have the juiciest storyline, like, she's getting divorced from Michael Darby. Like, the whole first half is really about her of the season. So I think she's earned it, actually. Well... Probably only like 12 more episodes to go until we get to the reunion. It's less than. It's like, what, three or four? Mm, three or four too many, but anyway, <laughs> that's a story for another podcast. Okay, interesting. Um, we, I just want to wrap up with Salt Lake City this week because, I mean, 
As we know, Jen didn't go to the reunion. Then we found out that she's not doing the sit down with Andy because she was worried about how they were going to manipulate the interview to suit a different narrative than her truth. So she is selling her truth um, by this tell-all, you know, I don't know, website that she's created and she's asking the people to subscribe because it's dropping soon, um, which I mean, clearly is just another, I mean, the whole internet is saying at this point, they're just like, this is literally the lady that was like (laughs) harvesting people's like data to scam them. And now we all have to sign up with our emails and our names and our social security numbers um, to see Jen tell us that she is completely innocent. I mean, come on. It's such a shame because if it was any other crime, like, this would have worked. And it's like, it's pay-per-view. Like, you can't tell me that if Teresa Judice had not created her own pay-per-view for her sit-down, you wouldn't have subscribed. People would still be subscribing now to get access. If Teresa was on OnlyFans, everybody would be subscribing. It's the same thing. She should have just done it via OnlyFans, to be fair. Not creating her own website, that's where the distrust is. I mean, but even even then, like, I just feel like people are done with Jen Shah. Oh, no, Patrizio, thousands of people are going to pay for this. And you, you know what? something else? It'll be her scammers. They'll pay for it again and watch. The people <laughs> who she scammed, I mean. No, 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 I don't mean that in a bad way, but they are going to want to see. I mean, the best thing that will happen from this is that somebody will rip it and it'll just be up on YouTube or TikTok the next day. Oh, I mean, that's what we're relying on. We just need one of the Bravo blogs um, to do it. I think Best 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 of Bravo or something has already signed up to it. Like, well, like one of us are going to be able to do it. Um, I just, I don't know, like, what could she say at this point? Like, I don't know what. She's going to go deeper on what her defense was, on what, on on how she, you know, the whole mental health thing that she claimed, right? I'm not saying that she doesn't have mental health issues, but she her sort of defense and why she asked for like a lenient sentence. And she did get, we need to remember she did get a more lenient sentence. She's only doing half of what the minimum normally is in prison. The rest will be house arrest. But, and even then that might not, she's good. That might not even last, but um, she's, she's basically saying that she had a mental health issue that caused her to essentially act maniacally. Like she's almost saying basically she was possessed by the devil. Something was telling her to do this stuff and now she has seen the error of her ways. Like that's her whole defence. Well, I think she's seen the error of her ways because she's getting like medication and treatment for her mental health issues. Well, that's what she's saying, yes. Yes. So it shows she says. So she does say, I mean, just go to jail already. You know? <laughs> the truth <tribute. laughs> oh, I think she's going to like fake her death or she's going to leave the country. Well, she would be a flight risk. Like 100% she'd be a flight risk. They have her passport, surely. Like she's not. You think this woman does not have other passports? 
Oh my god! Maybe she'll try and get like the like the Tongan um, government to extradite her, like before she can be put in jail or something. I, I bet you she's trying every trick under the book. She's going to try and get a pardon from Joe Biden. Oh, I hundred percent. She's already applied. Anyway, we I know we're going to talk a little bit more about Salt Lake City because it was a season three reunion part one and we'll dig into that we're also going to touch on the real housewives of miami season five episode 10 but before we get into those let's let's go back and talk about potomac i just want to say that it just isn't doing it for me anymore yeah and i want to know why what's happened what's changed is it because miami is so good or, like, has something actually happened in Potomac to give you the switcheroo? I think we can all acknowledge at this point that, like, Housewives overall is currently in its flop era. I, I can see that, yep. And I think that Potomac is not immune to that. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to be controversial here or anything, but. Ooh, controversial. I know I am never controversial on this, <laughs> but I just feel like because it's produced by the same people as Atlanta, and Atlanta kind of wasn't giving what needed to be given. Okay. It's it's kind of like carried into Potomac as well. I feel like they think that like they're doing the thing, but I kind of watch it and I'm like, what? Like wrap up? Like we're we're done? Like we need to get to the reunion because I'm just done here. Like I don't know. We're, I just feel like we it's the same thing over and over and over. There's never any resolution. Like there were no, and then they try and do these gimmicky things as well this week. So like, <laughs> you the, call them gimmicky things, but me and the internet are like, okay, producers come through. <laughs> okay, editors. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just it's not fun. I think a lot of the, and I think that's the thing with all of these franchises is they've lost the fun um i don't know like what was fun in this episode other than like the producers getting involved with the gimmicks yeah i think it's because everybody is so angry at everyone like the we were often said the thing that breaks down um a franchise is when it is not authentic when there's not enough real friendships you know that was that was part of the downfall of roni um, the OGs, I won't call them legacy. Um, and I think that that's what we're seeing now as well is like these women are over each other, like Giselle and Kara, like we can see it, like Giselle doesn't have anything going on. All she does is instigate bits and bobs, but we can only have Giselle and Karen angry at each other. We can only have somebody angry at Karen for so long. Like it, I just sort of feel like if, if in this instance, like if Robin was going to have drama with someone, like have drama with Ashley or somebody new with Mia, I don't know. There's just, I, I kind of agree with you that things are off at the moment. I am also just like hyper aware that Giselle is, yeah, she's definitely, she, she instigates, but then she also like doesn't get involved. And I think like if you are going to have the seat next to Andy, cause you are the, 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 fan favorite i mean by fan i mean andy um you there is the responsibility that you do have to try to keep everyone employed like and i just feel like she's not 
she's not getting involved, but like in a positive way. She's not like trying to like stop things or find resolutions. Like she is like literally there stoking the flames. And I'm like, someone needs to intervene. And then Karen doesn't do that either because Karen likes to play this whole like, I'm Switzerland, I'm in the middle, I'm friends to everyone, therefore, like, you know, guys just like, you know, she kind of, she does nothing. Like, even as, like, a neutral, like, force, she doesn't even negotiate with anyone. She just kind of, like, I don't know, like, says to one, yeah, I agree with you, and says to the other person, yeah, I agree with you too. Like, like it's just not helpful. You know what's cool about Karen? Sorry, I literally am giggling here because I'm thinking about Karen in this episode. Karen's delusion, though, it's so fabulous. (laughs) Her delusion about what, though? It gets worse. First, it's the fact that she just rips off other people's ideas, like the perfume, the live show. But now she is saying that Juan Dixon is cheating on a woman who looks like her. I mean, I do believe her that Juan Dixon, you know, gave her a really strong cuddle at one point. But just the stuff like, you know, her boobs hit her backbone or whatever it, or whatever she said. Like Karen just saying, you know, Juan, like her basically just saying that Juan wants to date her. Like all of this stuff coming out of nowhere. Like the thing is that it's the thing is that she is so serious about it. And I love that. Like I love those moments of levity that are tied to like real feuds you you have to laugh it's so funny (laughs) I mean were we not all gagged I mean I don't know about you but like because I think we had discussed this earlier you know in the season like who was Karen talking about when she was like saying that she felt like you know harassed by another like of the house husbands i thought it was gonna be g and the time michael darby like we never thought i never thought it was gonna be michael darby i always thought it was gonna be g but like no one had juan dixon on the list (laughs) the way juan is the trade of every season if it's not michael darby trying to hook up with juan It's him trying to hook up with Karen. Imagine that threesome. Michael Darby, Karen, Juan. (laughs) I (laughs) can't get that mental image out of my head. (laughs) Sorry, it's so insane. For me, I mean, just as an aside here, for me it would be Eddie, though. I think Eddie is beautiful and he's just so, like, happy and smiley. Smiley Eddie, who's now launching his own weed label. I didn't tell you about this. This should have been a word on the street. Have you seen that? He's taking taking Sesame Street, Smiling Eddie, and creating his own weed distributor called Smiley Eddie. I mean, look, Wendy walked so Eddie could run. I mean, the Osefos are... They are entrepreneurs, honey. I mean, look, it's a good business to get into. I don't know whether Maryland's just, like, come on board with, like, you know, being able to, like, you know, sell weed or whatever, but, like, I'm into that. Like, good on him. So I've got a question for you then around how these franchises function. So one thing that New Jersey is really known for, obviously it has, like, the family dynamics, but and stuff but one of the other things that makes New Jersey unique and is something that keeps people interested is the house husbands and for a while we really had that happening in Potomac as well like 
have you noticed like this season there's no couples trips, there's no like, and there always is. Um, we really haven't seen the husbands in it as much. And that feels like, I don't know, like obviously Ashley's getting a divorce, Juan hates the show, but like we've seen glimpses of Eddie. We haven't even seen that much of Ray. And I mean, we haven't even seen that much of G. And I'm wondering, do you think that this is one of those shows or one of the franchises that did benefit from having those those relationships portrayed on screen to kind of make things a bit more three-dimensional, four-dimensional, seven-dimensional? So, like, and I guess this is, like, what I wanted to discuss in, like, in the TikTok of it all, right, is that, like, Juan has obviously been, like, having this relationship with one woman. We don't know if it's true. We just want to believe it. Well, I mean, I'm going to say it's true because Karen's brought it up. Now it's on the TikToks. Like, it's where there is smoke, Moshi, there is Fire. <laughs> F-Y-A-H. Fire. Thank you, Alexia. And I just think that, like, you know, Juan, so in in the dating situation, I don't, like, this is, like, going to be the most, like, long-winded answer to your question. When the rumour comes out, right? Yeah. And Ashley runs to Robin, like, like literally, like, couldn't stay at the table with Karen long enough to, before she got to Robin to be like, Karen said this. And the when Robin calls Juan, the way that he like speaks to her. This is what I mean. He's not. This is what I'm saying. He has not presented himself. Like he is a putrid man, and people don't understand why Robin is with him. But to me, that was the sound of someone who is guilty right yeah, because it was similar to him well I mean we also know about the infidelity clause in the prenup and he it was the same tone the same defensiveness but I just feel like his whole thing is I don't think he, of all of the house husbands he has never wanted to be on the show I think he indulged Robin in like season one. And then remember like, cause like he shows up to the reunion in the first one. And then he's had an excuse for every reunion since about like why he's not there. It's always like, I don't know. He's out of town. He's coaching. He's taking the kids to a dentist appointment. Like there's always been an excuse. And so I just think that like, that's why Juan is not involved I think there is, so I'm just going to like, because this is H-Anon, so I think there is some truth to their relationship being a little bit transactional and in that obviously they want their children, like I think their kids are a huge part of it, like Robin wants their children to grow up with both parents in the home. That's what, like she's like not doing co-parenting. I'm like, you know what, good for you, sis. You know what you want, like what's most important to you. Um, But I think... I mean, they were in so much debt and in such a bad place when this show started. Like, Juan didn't have a choice. They, What Robin has managed to achieve by being on this show, like everything she's been able to do to pull them out of their situation has been because of the show. So I think, like, Juan sort of feels like now that they're at that place, like he's successful again, she's doing incredibly well, that that's why he's like, okay, my bit is done here. Like I did what I had to do to get us where we needed to get. Like, I think, I think they just have an agreement. 
Like I even think potentially the marriage, like it's all about securing dollars. It's all about securing her place on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then so that leads me now to the other house husbands. I think that we had reached a point on this show where like having the husbands on was actually not adding value and potentially putting a lot of people like in a lot of like danger because I don't know, like G last season was like out of control. Like when he came on that cast trip and he's like flicking his tongue at Okay, but like it's just not the vibe, right? Michael Darby, who like obviously had multiple HR investigations (laughs) against him, right? (laughs) Who Chris obviously he's out now. Chris Chris is not having a good season either. Right. So I think he's made an active decision that like, well, if they're gonna talk shit about me, I'm not gonna be on the show. Like, this is where we've gotten to. I think that like they're all the husbands are sick of being used as like a vehicle for the drama. I mean, Ray again, he's another one who doesn't want to be there. He wants to be in Florida, like doing his thing, playing golf, and Karen has to keep him in Potomac to because that's her whole thing, right? Like it's just so I don't think that I need the husbands because I think it was actually quite toxic with them, but <laughs> Okay. No, that that's that's really true. Like the more I think about it, I'm like, no, the show is not good for the husbands. So uh, in through us having this discussion, now I've started to think that I think perhaps we are at a stage in society where we're not really starved for content or reality content anymore, right? So it really takes a lot to stimulate us. Um, in some instances, we are overstimulated. So something has to be exceptionally good to pull our focus. So I wonder if we are now coming to a point where in Housewives franchises, we need them to reboot with a new cast, like on a more regular basis, like MTV used to do with like Road Rules and Real World and those sorts of shows where like every, like we're in a different place, we've got a different group of people every season. I think that could work as well because I think people like, fake being a housewife if that if you know what I mean like it's too it's too well known now I mean this has been the the thing with Potomac right is that like we've been constantly like how good is it that they have sustained so many OGs for seven seasons right but now I feel like we're saying the opposite we're like get rid of them it's time to like freshen it up I don't know I just think it's like I think you got you can only be a, a river holder or whatever if <laughs> the way you're like it's a term like they're definitely holding the best the chesapeake river now <laughs> but like if you actually bring something and then like i think they need to maybe or change the like the thing where being a friend of like is actually not like the worst thing like if giselle was like a friend of like w- w- that's not the worst thing at all. At and you could be a friend of and have more airtime as well. Like I just think maybe we need to change up the the, the formula dynamics. Yeah, because I also think like a like if we refer back to a franchise that has you know come back from the dead so to speak and has OGs as friends of and it works. It's Miami, and I think. You know, I think Marisol is giving more than, and Adriana is giving more than what Giselle is bringing to a season. 
And I know some people say, well, you don't have to have like be front and centre with something every year, but a narrative has a beginning, a middle and an end and not that like these people are dying, but their stories for what we need have come to the end. Like Giselle got her house. Like none of us really care if she gets a man. So like we're good. We can move forward, right? Ashley, I think, is on the precipice of something really new and exciting. I think next season we're obviously going to see her dating Luke potentially. Um, We're going to just see her, like, dating and her navigating because, like, her divorce is happening. So we are going to see her, like, navigating her new home, navigating um, relationships. But one thing I don't want to see is I'm really tired of seeing Ashley constantly gyrating, filming a TikTok. I feel like every time they sort of get B-roll footage, it's just Ashley in, like, the lobby of the hotel, like, fully just like shaking her ass and I'm just like because we can't hear the music and all that it just looks ridiculous <laughs> I'm so over it unless like and the weird thing is like you know Giselle is constantly making these reels now as well which is just her like not doing any sort of dance but just wearing her ugly clothes like come on oh <laughs> I and, and I mean I hate to say this also you don't. Why are you lying for? You don't hate to say anything. But I think having, I mean, we're going to get into it later, but Salt Lake City now only having four housewives, I'm kind of like, you know what? This actually could work. Like, <laughs> I'm looking at the truth here like, what do you mean this could work? Do you think Salt Lake City worked? Uh, I think in this week's episode, it did work having only four people. Like, I think, like, we, we could really start to, like, if, you, if you're bringing oh, enough. Okay, so, like, we have more friends of, I see what you're doing. Like, four, like four housewives, more friends of, cut down the number of episodes, like, you know, cut down the reunions by an extra part. Like, I think there's a lot of things we could do. Because you know what might be the other issue here as well is the fact that we are moving towards this, you know, point where we're all going to have about a two-second, like, attention span. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think gone are the days where we care about having a 24-episode season. I think, like, streaming has changed a lot of that as well. Like, I feel like probably Bravo is one of those ones that, like, they really haven't caught up to, you know, how we watch TV today. Well, I think they have, and that's what Peacock is for. And that's why if you you hear the peacocks, peacocks aren't doing that well. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's why we have like ultimate girls trips and stuff, which are like a week long. But Patty, all I can think about is like you like cut down the housewives, and I'm like, but where does it end? Till it's just one housewife surrounded by. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean. Why not? Why not have, but like each week can just focus on one housewife story. I don't know. I think um, just as a total. Format needs to change. Like things need to change. As a total aside at this point, I mean, like we've taken this, this section <laughs> to shit, but. Um, no, we haven't. I like this. It's fine. Uh, we haven't spoken about this on the pod, but we have been speaking about it offline. Um if no one else is watching Real Housewives of Cape Town right now, I am finding it to be very engaging, right? It is phenomenal television. Yep. And there are seven housewives because they brought one in like three weeks in for some random reason. <laughs> but like 
they like were not friends at the beginning, but they've actually like put in some effort to like become friends slash frenemies, right? And actually looking even at that cast, I'm like, you could literally have four of them and actually this would be like good TV because really at the moment on Cape Town, there are only four people like, you know, really moving shit along. Um, So I just feel like smaller casts, faster seasons, like this is what I think Potomac. Yeah. I just, I think it's in danger. Like I hate to say, but I just, I think the format needs to change. I think they need to gamify it. And every week a housewife gets kicked out. Like let's start with 12 housewives and let's move them off until there's a winner at the last episode. I mean that sounds. I mean that sounds like Salt Lake City this season as oh. well. Like they literally put these women to like <laughs> well, a when challenge. They get it off. It's like they get indicted or <laughs> like what other things could happen. No, you just you don't get you. Don't, no one films with you anymore. That is like literally what happens. But or it could be Hunger Games and they have to fight for like their trophy. Like they have to fight for the snowflake, the peach, the turnpike, the apple. Like it's Hunger Games and it's who's left standing at the end. So in all of this, right, I want to talk about Mia now because I feel like Mia, right, she's doing two things right now. One is that she has like completely decimated Jacqueline's like character and like like will take her down like as much as possible But she's also now playing this game where she's, like, trying to secure her contract for next season by, like, making up with Wendy. Yeah. And to me, this is, like, super weird and I don't like it and it feels inauthentic and... I like that Wendy's straight up, like... Because Mia's like, I don't even know why we're fighting. And Mia's like... uh, Wendy's like, yeah, because you, like tried to like smack down with me like <laughs> Mia is a game player I'm over her I'm done she's you funny know. she's funny but she's a toxic human being is this perhaps the problem like we have reached saturation point that the people who are good for reality tv are one too scared to go on reality tv because like people just, like, have their character assassinated on these shows. Or, like, you know, these franchises are too toxic to join. Like, you know, you too rehearse. Like, because that's the thing with Mia, right? She came in, she knew what she wanted to do as a housewife, and, like, she just wants to be on TV. Like, Yeah, but, I mean, she has good one-liners. I mean, I think it does take a stripper to know a good stripper. Sorry. This whole season, this whole episode just makes me giggle because it's so dumb. <laughs> like the what what was it? The the grand and dumb um special, special potomac unit. Um the caricature of the woman who looks like what? Like all of the gimmicks, all of the little one-liners in the confessionals, like it's all st- like you were right at the beginning, you're like it's just all gimmicky, but it's like, yeah, it it's not interesting anymore. But one thing I'm wondering, Patrizio, with this episode of Potomac, so a couple of things have changed. One, like we're not seeing the husbands in the show as much. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like end your mere discussion, but I was also just gonna say they haven't even been in Potomac that much. I feel like they've mostly been on cast trips, or is that not right? 
Oh, what? Me, um, Miami, Mexico. I don't know. I think it's just that these trips have just been really long. They've been too long. Okay, cool. But I, like, I don't even think the Mexico trip is any better than Miami. Like, I feel like we had this discussion last week, but it's just, it's to me, I'm just like, I'm happy that they're leaving, I think. I think the issue that I have with Miami is that they didn't do enough things outside of the hotel. Or the house that they were staying in. Yeah, like they needed more activities. They didn't have enough activities for me for how the amount of time that they were in Miami, um, that they were in Mexico, sorry. But I digress. Let's talk back about Mia and her inauthenticity and the fact that she is just playing the game now. She's, she's you know, this is essentially what Jen Shah did and people enjoy it. Housewives by numbers. But... This goes back to Jen Shah's personality, right? She is lovable. Like, she's literally, like, forced multiple people into, like, bankruptcy and destroy their lives. But we're still like, oh, my God, Jen Shah, love her. Like, I don't hear people talking about Mia Thor. Because Mia's actually gone through quite a lot. I don't know if you've been following, like. Oh, I have. Her brother-in-law is, like, taking her out of her business. I But the problem is I don't know what I believe with Mia. And I was just going to say to you as well, I'm 100% people pretty sure out there, there are people that will come forward and say that Mia has frauded them. So there is still time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Allegedly. It's (laughs) H&On. Well, I mean. She hasn't, by the way. I don't know that to be true. Well, I mean, chiropractic. Excuse me. As somebody who has been healed by a chiropractor before, it is not. It's, it's, It's not. It's not backed by science. I think you'll find there is some science in there. Yes, there's some science where they tell you that you could help with some lower back pain, but I digress. There's a guy who's on a Housewives recap podcast. You are not in a position <laughs> to talk about chiropractors right now. I love All I'm saying is that, like, that's Mia would be owner of a chiropractic, like... I don't know, what do you call them? Franchise. Clinic. Clinic is being generous. Wow. Wow, Patrizia. I don't know. Yeah, look. Beautiful gowns. Potomac is beautiful gowns. It's turned to shit. I mean, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think like, okay, so like what are we going to do? Like let's, let's, let's do a quick... In summary, what are we doing? Who are we getting rid of? How do we resuscitate this show? I think we definitely need to bring some fresh blood onto the show who is younger. I'm not trying to be ageist here, but unless we're getting like rich family life or rich entrepreneurial storylines or something like that, like we're dealing with a lot of people who are just like in retirement and that does not work for me. No, like what does Giselle do? She's in retirement. What does Karen do? Okay, LaDame does things, but she's done them already. Like, we need things. Like, I love that, you know, we get to see from Candace this music career. She's shooting video clips. She's trying to have a family. Like, I want those things. I think we also need someone to go to jail. Who on the cast are you sending to jail? Who's going to Rikers Island? You know, the twist would be if it was Wendy. I mean, it won't be, but imagine if it was. Like, that gagged does not even, I think, 
cover what that would be. I think Wendy needs to go. And yes, they iced her out. But I also just think Wendy's not having a good time. I don't think she's enjoying herself. But when Wendy goes, she needs her own, like, keeping up with the Osefo show. We need her mum on there, the sister on there. And we need, like, the whole thing of them trying to reconcile with Eddie's family. Like, I'm already producing that show. Carlos King, make it happen. Um, so that's that's who needs to go, who I can really think of needs to go. But Oh, and Mia. And bring Jacqueline on the show as a cast member. <laughs> no. I See, I would completely clear the slate except for Candace, Ashley, and Giselle. So, so this is not clearing the slate. Like, I hope, do you understand what the phrase clearing the slate means? Because that's not what that was. Okay. And well, the fact that you want to keep Giselle, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like I, I'm clearing the slate, okay. <laughs> but I think like Candace and Candace and Ashley are—they are the show. They are the future of the show. They are the the Karen and Giselle in waiting. Um, I just yeah, I agree with you. I think yeah, more like younger female entrepreneurs. Black entrepreneurs, obviously. Thank you very much. And a lesbian. We need somebody queer. Well, I guess Ashley is queer. Oh, Katie Rost, where's she? You know what? Bring back Katie. I mean, she seems like she's doing really well at the moment. She's out of rehab again. Like, I think we should just like leave her alone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just like because really there's not that much like diversity in terms of like sexuality or anything. I mean, you know what? I I think this is my other thing. If Robin and Karen are truly in open relationships, the truth needs to come out. Like, I think I'm done with these people who have these, I mean, and it's happening across all franchises at the moment. Right. But people are having these like lies, which they're not, displaying which i don't know for whatever reason they're choosing not to and i get it karen doesn't want to come out and be like look like me and ray have not had sex in years he's got a girlfriend i've got a boyfriend like that's fine robin's the same like and that's fine put it on the fucking show Uh, yeah so no download behavior no i'm sick of it like you know if karen is like Karen, surely she's taken smiling Eddie Weed. Like, <laughs> where is that episode? Like, you know what I mean? Where is it? It's on the cutting room floor. Well, it needs to not be. So yeah, I think yeah, for me, it's really just Ashley, Candace, Giselle. That's okay. You don't need to add that other person on there, but that's fine. You do. I just I think that, you know. I think it's important for continuity. I agree. And can I tell you, as an aside, one thing that I do really love about the women of Potomac, though, is that they somehow always seem to come together, especially at the end of a cast trip. They go to the club and they always get lit and become best friends again. And I'm really excited for this possible Wendy Mia hookup storyline. I know it's a BS, but. See, I don't like that, right? So I don't, I not, and not the hookup, the the bit where they're all friends again. They're not friends though. It's that's why I like the tension. I like the tension that they can hate each other, but they still want to, you know, hook up. 
No, I mean just that that the group all together have a really good night. Like I don't want people having good nights. If you were truly does the club does that. The club, everybody's just shaking their ass. Music is the music and butts, man. Like the great unifier. As a lover of the butt, I just I don't I just don't know how I feel about it in this in this context. You go to the club with these ladies and you'll be fine. You'll be like, okay, I get it. No, but, like, if we're going to the club, we need to be, like, hitting each other with the pocketbooks and, like, taking it to the alley afterwards. Like, that's where that I need is, to That is so 2011 behaviour. We are far more evolved from that now. We are dance battling it out. Like, don't you want to see, like, Karen, like, spinning on her head or something, like, doing the running man Actually, filming a TikTok in the corner. <laughs> no, I want the Karen threesome sex tape. That's what I want. Okay, and on that note, let's call let's uh, call time on Potomac. Um, and when we come back, we're going to be talking the Real Housewives of Miami and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Moshi, we're back from the break. Hello. Here's to talk Real Housewives of... Miami. Season five, we're up to episode 10. It's moving along quickly. Like, it's not that long to go. And they are filming the reunion, like, today, yesterday, tomorrow. I don't know how what time works anymore. Yeah. Um, so, like, it is fast approaching the reunion also. This week... I have just one thing I want to talk about. All it right. has consumed me this week. Consumed. Okay, talk me talk to me about it. The fact that Nicole uninvited Larsa <laughs> to her engagement party with a stunt. <laughs> she sends a gift to the house. And Larsa opens it and Gertie's there. Why? And Can I tell you something? The Gertie element made it so much better because Gertie's like, oh, my God, she's sending you a gift. She wants to reconcile with you. She's like, she's saying, I hope I get one when I get home. Like she's sending Larsa in one direction. So to me, having Gertie there, the producers knew what they were doing because they knew that was coming. My issue with Gertie is that she is overacting. I know, but the producers were like, who can we have here that will overact and lead Larsa? Because it's her genuine reactions. She just overacts them. And I'm not into it. And unfortunately, Gertie is on life support. Life support, honey. She's dead. She's flatlined. In memoriam from you. I was waiting for her. Oh my God. In memoriam 2021 to 2022. Like, cue the ditty. Like, cue the Faith Evans. Oh my God. Gertie's dead. I'm wearing green to her Gertie's funeral. (laughs) Hello, green. I wanted to. Okay, Green. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done any presentation in a while, and that was my Gertie. I love it. 
Um, but so she opens the Alasa opens his present and it's a mirror invite that says like mirror mirror on the wall who's the fakest of the wall <laughs> and you know what it is for me because when Larsa reads it and she reads out fakest she can't read it but I think she's trying not to laugh because I think <laughs> that Larsa can see that this is actually like fun. It's a stunt, but it's the same level of pettiness that Larsa brings to the show as well. So I think Larsa was like, Larsa, okay. I think, got it. I was kind of like, you know what? Like, okay. who knows? Like, <laughs> you kind of did what had to be done, Nicole. Like, I think she, it's that thing, like, we see each other, like, legends supporting legends. Like, I think Larsa was, like, just trying not to piss herself laughing at how, like, stupid it was. Um, but obviously, like, she's like, you know, look at who's in the mirror because that's the person that's uninvited to my engagement party. Like, <laughs> I would love it if they didn't interject like editing of Nicole explaining it to Anthony. And there is something about Nicole. Nicole is this sort of per- this is going to sound really horrible. I'm sorry to the people listening, but I think Nicole might be a Scorpio. There is this like. <laughs> Way that she, like, when you tell a joke, if it's funny, you shouldn't have to explain it. But the fact that she, like, had to say to Anthony, you know, like, see, because it's, a like, that was when I was like, I can't. This is so dumb. Like, this is, this woman is an idiot. Would you like to make an apology to all the Scorpios? No, I'm a Scorpio moon. I have this element. I don't mind offending a Scorpio. I do it all the time. I agree with that. It was kind of like, because then she's like, get it? Ha ha. It's like, it's like no, no, she, she'd say ha ha. She's like, ha 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 ha. Like the way they edited her laugh to literally make her sound so maniacal and evil. I was just like, we haven't seen a stunt like this for years. It's giving old school. Like it's giving New Jersey old school. And and this is the shit though that like because because it has multiple things that it's done right. One, it's funny to watch, right? Because it is just stupid. <laughs> the co- yeah, the comedy is missing from Housewives. Two, like this is like what we expect of the Housewives too to be like petty and just like to literally just like because this is to me this is also like frenemy kind of stuff like this is not something that you do to your enemy this is something that you do to like i like moshi i would do this to you like i was actually gonna say this is the sort of thing you would do like this is the sort of stuff you would love like i 100 percent expect to get an invite from you with like dead butterflies in it for your birthday like you know what i mean it's it's giving like season one of Atlanta like not being on the list like a hundred percent. It's giving Sheree and Nini like this is epic. Because just as an aside as well, later on when she does um have the uh engagement party, the fact that like then Lars is like I'm good with not going to her engagement party. Like I I've got like so many other better things to do. And she's like picking up dog shit, like from her apartment. <laughs> it's sort of like editing. And when she says, Oh dogs, it's like having a full-time job. I'm like this woman, like we see you for who you are. Lassa. <laughs> like full of shit. Um, but yeah. I what... also say like Marisol in her confessional at the end of the engagement party or the end of the episode, just being like, I wish I had been uninvited. 
engagement party. <laughs> like, engagement party was painful. Like we all, that's the irony is Lhasa has not missed out on anything. Like, Lhasa won. Lhasa won in the end. Um, um, how do you feel about the mirror? I just think like, I don't think it's, a, I don't really like the stunts when I feel like the person who did the stunt is like, not a stunt queen, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get that. It's out of character for Nicole. It can be out of character, but it's like it feels very juvenile. Like I, I understand like it does take us back. Like Sheree leaving somebody off the list, like that is finesse because this person, that's that's what Nicole should have done. Like that would have been funnier to me if Larsa arrived and she was turned away at the door. Like that, that's the level of evil that I operate on, okay? <laughs> I will say, though, that I think we are starting to enter as we, like, it's it's probably two-thirds of, like, the season in now, but, like, I think we're starting to enter this period where I think the, the real Nicole is starting to come out, right? Um, and it's these little, like, jabs and stuff, and I think it's going to turn really ugly really quickly but I think this is truly who Nicole is as a person but the true Nicole is the Nicole that didn't want Larsa over at her house because she didn't know who she was like that is the most insane thing especially when you're filming a show together that we we can all attest to she didn't want Larsa over because she didn't want Larsa to cheap, cheapen her vibe. Like the thing that I kind of love about Alexia in comparison to say Nicole, like one of the things that Alexia does really well is I think that she, like Nicole has obviously like upped her class and her status, but Alexia wants her to not be that girl. Alexia wants her to like, okay, we get it. You're a doctor, but like, be the girl from around the way, be like who, like, and, and Nicole is fighting that so hard. And that's what makes to me, that's what makes Nicole so compelling. I want to see who's going to be like, I know it's horrible, but I want to see which one of these women is going to make her break first, because that's essentially what they're all trying to do is they're all trying to unmask her. Right. Oh no, it won't be any of the women. It will be Nicole's dad. Well, if Alexia has her way, Nicole should just accept her dad the way he is. But but I think there's something to be said in that. So I think Nicole's thing is obviously like trauma. She, you know, wants this perfect life because that's not what she had, right? Yeah. But it's perfect to the, like, it's like Stepford wife. It's very like, I mean, she's obviously not like a stay-at-home housewife by any means, but it is, it's all beautiful and perfect and like their son Grayson's just like adorable and he like you know has his like blessed life and they've got the cars the plane the house like everything is just like it's orchestrated beautifully they spend like tens of thousands of dollars on their like parties and they're like that's all well and good but like and I think that's the thing like Nicole is like embarrassed by her dad because her dad is like you know, this party guy, he, like, sleeps around with women, like, and, like, and that's what Alexia, I think, is saying, like, your dad's your dad, like, and, and I don't think that he is being, um, you know, the, the, it's no bad intention in his behavior, that's just who he is as a person, right, like, I don't think he's out there trying to, like, you know, embarrass Nicole, he's just who he is, and that's why I think Alexia's trying to say, like, just accept him. 
one of the things that I think is like those barriers that Nicole can't get through, and we are obviously not therapists. We do therapies, but we are not therapists. But one of the things that Nicole also does is she relegates like his not changing because she's been able to change. Her mum's been able to change. Like everybody else has been able to change and his unwillingness to change, she takes that as he doesn't love her or that she's not a priority to him. And I get it. Like, especially if he was away for a really long time and, you know, there's generational stuff in there, like he perhaps doesn't fit into what she would want as the grandfather for her son but I, I think there is, I think, like I hate to say, I think he does love her um, and I think she's probably right that she's she's not as big a priority in his life as she would want him to be. But I suspect that there has been opportunities for them to be closer and because of his unwillingness to change, she's been really closed off to him. Um I think like it's really fascinating just not even wanting to bring his girlfriend or like not wanting him to bring his partner to her event. Like they just have so many stipulations around the interactions. And I'm sure she does that because she's protecting herself as well. But yeah, there is so much pain, so much trauma there that it actually takes away from her being fun. And that's the thing that everybody else was basically saying is that Nicole has a stick up her ass, right? Um, and I think why people really loved the... Um, the stunt is because it showed a glimmer of what Nicole could be like when she takes the stick out of her butt. Well, like I said, I think, I think this show is slowly destroying her and I'm like happy to see it. I mean, like, you know, it was like when the dad was like trying to tell that dirty story to her, like on camera as well, and she like walks <laughs> away. Like this is like, you sh- she should have just like let him say it and just been like, oh, dad, like, see, he's just an old pervert. Like, you know, that's what it is. She needs to go back and watch Aviva and George. But I don't think she like, she just doesn't want that full stop. I know, but she needs, but sometimes I think some people really can't see, like they just can't step outside of themselves long enough to see how awesome they could be or like they are awesome as it is. Nobody's, nobody is saying that like, if your dad behaves a certain way, we're going to think that that's how you are. Like he's not a reflection of you. Um, You're your own person. Anyway, that's again, a whole other therapy session, but um, you know who I don't like? Who? Her husband, Anthony. He's doing too much. I, I didn't. I did not like what he said about Larsa. I didn't like. Did not like. And you know, I'm not a big Larsa Pippen fan. I did not like him getting into women's business and saying all the nasty, horrible, bitchy things that he said. But he's always been like that. Yeah, he can go. I want to see less of him. Well, I think you're going to see more. I feel like because they've like released the um like the episode summaries for the next yeah. couple of episodes, and I'm pretty sure there's more more to come. We need like Adriana to like shut him down or something like she did with Roman. I don't know. I am just the things that he said about Larsa. I I or I want Larsa to torch him basically, or Scotty to like step in and torch him like. You can think the way Larsa behaves, okay, is shady and whatever, but the stuff that he said that, like, you know, about her last name and that she would be, um, 
what is it? Like she would not even be relevant if she changed her last name. It's like, dude, you are relevant because your wife is on this show. I think, though, in general, like when I did hear that, it's it's again for a couple that wants to like portray themselves to be quite modern, all the rest of it. I mean, they are quite traditional because that is like Lars's argument would be right that when she met Scott Pippen, like he was no one, and they you know started out his career like together and so she was the one that like you know was doing everything to support him in his career and it's that thought Mm -hmm. of like you know 20 years yeah sure I wasn't like working a traditional job but like you know we built this together like he's not he it wasn't like she came in 10 years into his career and just became the basketballer wife like he was broken no one when they first met or like at the very early stages there's no way that he would have been able to create the brand that is Scottie Pippen without him. And and this is the thing, like, she just doesn't get it. And I, I always say, though, I said this last time, the reason why she, like, Nicole refuses to see that aspect of Lassa, and this is the thing, this is why they have the conflict, is because for Nicole, it's everything that she fought against, right? She's done everything that she can to not be that person because she could have very easily fallen into that life as well, right? But just the stuff around like her not changing her last name, why would she want to have a different surname from her children? Well, yeah, well, you're being not married to him anymore. Like, again, it's just like, just like, Shit that people want to talk, like when divorces happen and all the rest of it. They're I mean, still family though. They're still family. They're going to be family forever. A okay. life realizes who your family is. What about Miss Kim Kardashian? She's no longer KKW. And she was Kim Kardashian before she was KKW, right? <sighs> there's an argument. See, there's an argument for everything, right? Like, I just, I think, yeah, Anthony just needs to stay the fuck out of it. He needs to keep his opinions to himself. And, yeah, he's definitely, I mean, I saw him being described as the Patricia Thomas of my 100%. 100%. But I almost think he's nastier because he's, like, at least Patricia is, like, amusing. Anthony is just, like, I hate to say this, but I don't want to hear anything from, like, a cishet white guy. Like, I'm not interested. Just sit down. You're ridiculously rich. Just be happy in your castle. Like, nobody needs your opinion. We don't need any more of those opinions. Like, there's nothing in it for me. And you know what? You marry your father. That's all I have to say. I wish Nicole had married her father. <laughs> My favourite line was Marisol <laughs> describing <laughs> her father and referring to him as being two foot two. <laughs> well, he's tiny. <laughs> the way she was like, he's two foot two. He's got the sunglasses on. I mean, he's a drug dealer. He reminds me of the people I would meet in the 80s. <laughs> Just the two foot two of it all. Like, that sent me. And him flirting with Kiki was, like, phenomenal as well. Like, he picked the right person to flirt with. Oh, and Kiki's keen. <laughs> That's what the show should be. Kiki needs a show called Kiki's Keen where it's just her dating people. 
No, I don't want her dating people. I want her dating Nicole's dad. dad. Like, I need them to get married. Because, again, it, this is this is literally, like, it is giving parallels Aviva and her dad. Because remember the dad awesome, as well? Yeah. He was dating some young black girl as well. Because remember, <laughs> actually, I mean, look, as an aside, I mean, it's not really an aside because Aviva's dad did live in Miami. So, like, you know, it's not that far from, like, what it's we're discussing. But um, I, I have been on a bit of a journey the last couple of months of, like, New York rewatches. Oh, I didn't know what you were going to say about your journey, just that I'm like, which journey is this? <laughs> I mean, I have multiple journeys, but um, this one specifically is about rewatching New York City. And Aviva's dad calls Ramona out on being a racist. Yeah. And this is, like, season five or season six or something. And I was just like, we should have listened to the man. We should have, <laughs> like, he was telling us all. Him and his veneers, they really were telling us all. But, but um, he yeah. had the black girlfriend. I think uh, Nicole's dad should be with Kiki. I think that is how she secures her mojito. Well, number one, I think Kiki wants the mojito. Kiki doesn't need the mojito. But imagine if Kiki becomes Nicole's stepmom. Like now, like oh insanity. <laughs> you hadn't even thought that far ahead, had you? And then he has, you know, that that would have been interesting. But um, I did also the other thing that I loved about Kiki in this episode is like she actively gave Julia the side eye. Like her and Julia, because they're both models as well, so they're both so tall, just actively side eye each other. The way Kiki came up and like says hello and then says hello to Nicole and then like gives her what does she call it the model the, the model the flip of the hair. The hair. but like Julia gave it back kind of as well like and because they're both models I just love that they like it's so physical I hate you like it was so fabulous it was done in the best way I mean, and then the whole thing was like Kiki was like you gotta know your exit strategy she's like go <laughs> talk to Anthony like <laughs> Um, a question that I have for you is it was kind of brought up in this episode. It's a bit of an aside, but do we need to see Lisa just like accepting that the divorce is happening and just to go straight into her slut era already? Because I feel like I'm over her and Lenny. Um, and I say I, slut in a good way, like slut is positive here. Yeah. Like, like hot girl summer. Hot girl every day. It's always summer in Miami. So yeah. I, I mean, if you want to talk about sticks up asses, like I just don't see that for Lisa. I just I, I don't know. think. Well, she is dating some guy now who's Lenny's friend, but I really like. If I really want her to be doing like a Lassa and like dating all these young boys and like that would be awesome. But instead, you were just going to see her being super wholesome with her kids the whole time, which is also beautiful in a different way. I think so. Um, we are approaching the reunion obviously like you know it's being filmed currently like who knows like what it's time but what do you think that like the seating is going to be like where does lisa sit because to me personally i definitely don't think she's seated either side of andy because i don't think she's actually although obviously she's got the divorce i actually don't think that she's been showing up to work i agree with you but I think Andy will give her the seat beside him. But does she have an enemy? Like who can be on the other side? Because it has to be kind of feud related. I, I at first thought it was going to be Nicole and Larsa. But 
in the same, but I don't, I feel like, has it been like completely sort of done that Alexia sits next to Andy? Like it's a really, it's a tough one. In my mind, it's pretty similar to the reunion sitting of last year. Mm. Um, and I think it's Alexia and Nicole perhaps sitting yes. next to um, Andy. Um, or if it's not Nicole, it's Lisa. But I, Alexia has to have the seat next to Andy because she is the Teresa Judas of Miami. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, to me, the other side in terms of feuds, Nicole, I think Alexia and Nicole feud is like starting to heat up. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think uh, Lisa, obviously, like, I mean, she's had the most explosive year, but I just, I don't know. It's for someone. Yeah, in the middle. That's what, because Julia had the seat next to Andy last reunion. That was wild. Correct, right. But, again, like, if they did that, then it's really like, okay, we're just playing favourites here because, like, I don't think Julia's been given enough this season to really, like, deserve that front seat. Um, I think Gertie's definitely on the end. I think that... um, Will Gertie show up? (laughs) Gertie will be there. She'll Gertify the set. She'll be there. Oh, not Gertifying the set. She'll be there playing um, heads up and getting horrible bosses and being overdramatic. I just, yeah. Exactly. She tried. <laughs> it's nice that we, like, humoured her with a, with a solo scene. That's ten minutes I will never get back. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know what that sitting arrangement's going to be, but it's going to be an interesting one one to see. So um, I want to talk about the end of the episode where obviously, like, they are relegated to the um, the, the standard Housewives event seating area. Um, <laughs> you just know. Just then. <laughs> the, the way that, like, at every one of these events, there's, like, the couches oh. that have been set up with the um, with the ropes. I'm sure there's ropes. <laughs> as well um so alexia and nicole that is definitely the start of their feud because nicole really gets into alexia's face but i think alexia also is not doing herself any favors in this moment well um, patricio anyone can say what they want to say it doesn't matter and that's gonna bite her in the ass right 100%. so again i hate to do the spoiler alert but the the summaries does allude to oh, stop no no spoilers let the people enjoy well if they want the summaries they can look it up themselves i'm not letting you do this patrizio i will edit you out <laughs> <laughs> I, will- I just want to say well it doesn't say what happens exactly but i want to say someone comes for frankie okay can i tell you something no one should touch frankie Frankie is an angel. I'm obsessed with Frankie's journey. And my question for you is, do you think Frankie's getting paid? I hope that he is. Because I hope that he is too. Because today I was like, I hope Frankie is getting that friend of money. Um, I hope that they are putting money towards something for him. But I think somebody in the cast is going to come for Frankie. Because- you know somebody in the cast is going to come for Frankie. You've read ahead. 
Well, no, I don't know exactly who and what is happening, but it's going to be Frankie because that's the thing. It's this whole where there's smoke, there's fire, where you can say whatever you want. What does it matter? Blah, blah, blah. Well, someone's going to, it's going to be an analogy. We're not doing analogies. We are not doing, nah, the similarities between her and Trey, it's too much. We are not doing cocaine analogies of Gia again. No, 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 no. I refuse to go back there. I I'm convinced that's what's going to happen. They better leave Frankie's name out of their mouth because I will cut someone over Frankie. I want to see Frankie and Kiki have a show. Like <laughs> Kiki is awesome. <laughs> I just want, well, I mean, Frankie would be up for it because like, he's like horny for everyone. Of course he is. He's a young man. It's a red blooded young man. I know, but it's, it's, it's cute, but cringy at the same time. But I, I feel like, do you know what it is? I mean, this comes on to that whole um, discussion around um, grooming. I'm not saying that this is what's happening. Oh but his, his behaviour is encouraged. Like that's a cultural thing, right? Like we say with young boys, like we encourage them to be horny devils. So mm. he's just doing what he's encouraged to do, not just by his family but by society at large. Well, I think as well, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I do. Are you not? I mean, well, anyway, that's another podcast. But I think that he also probably has lost some of that sort of like, um, you know. Perception. That, I don't know, what's the word where you like, we all know not to say things out loud sometimes. Uh, in, like not intuition. Um, Perception. No, no, no. It's like, it's that like that innate thing where like, because people who have brain injuries generally do yes. this thing where where you lose your inhibition, right? Inhibitions, your inhibitions. Yeah. He's lost his inhibitions. Where normally you look at someone and you go, in your head, oh, they're like cute. I wouldn't mind like doing it with them. He says it just <laughs> out loud, right? Because he's lost his inhibitions. He's not done anything that outrageous yet. I well, I think obviously, like you know, he's edited as well, though. Patricia, no. I, I don't believe that. I think you're want some, wanting something to exist that isn't true. We we can both die on our hills, but I until I actively see it, Frankie is innocent. I don't think he's that innocent. Okay, I'm not. All right, Brittany. Uh, was there anything else um, that you wanted to touch on? I just wanted to say that. I really thought that Julia was talking shit about this adoption, but it looks like it might be true. But I suspect now that Martina has her cancer diagnosis, it's not going to happen. And Thierry's divorce decree, I'm ready for that to be pulled out just because I love Adriana. <laughs> She's entering her flop era, but... Um... Oh, She's a friend of. She's doing what needs to be done. They're not giving her... The screen time. I don't think that Julia adoptions are not going to happen because of Martina's cancer. I think it's actually going to have to do with the fact that, like, it's just really hard to be an adoptive parent in Florida as a lesbian. I reckon that's what the issue will be. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's interesting. They could adopt from another country. They have so many options. They're rich. Well, you know, Moshi, though, like, we still haven't heard it come from Martina's mouth. So when oh. it comes from Martina's mouth, because it's all hearsay at this point. All right, not the hearsay. Yes, Judge Judy. <laughs> okay, anything else you want to add about Miami before we move to 
Normally I'd say the pièce de résistance, but I'm just going to say until we move to the next flop. Moshi, <laughs> let's get into our sprinter van and scurry along to oh, the first part of the season three reunion of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Talk about a gimmick. When you need a gimmick, you know that the show is flopping. <laughs> I kind of loved it. Yeah, you you would. You This is like the lowest forms of like comedy to me. Like the lowest, the absolute depths, like depth of like shit things. I'm it sorry. Wasn't, it wasn't even comedy though. It was just stupid. Like it was just stupid. The comedy should be stupid, but this level of stupidness, I'm like, really? Oh, okay. And I want to ha- they should have had like a dash cam like in the sprint event. Thank you. Because that would have been like the most awkward like car journey. I just know it. Well, you know, the thing is, Patrizio, the sprinter van, sprinter van jumped in and they like came in one door and went out the other or something. <laughs> they came in the back and went out the side. I don't even think they were in the van while it drove inside. The insurance I, on that. <laughs> I'm disappointed that everyone else that's joining the set is not also using a sprinter van to arrive. Like they should have been ferrying these people in via a sprinter van. <laughs> Anyway, it was a funny little <laughs> it was a tee. <laughs> not even, Moshi, not even. Um the design of the set. I mean a church that is falling apart. Dilapidated church is the is the phrase. I mean, sure, this show hasn't been about the church really since like three episodes into season one. But you know, I like the drama. It was giving horror movie. Good for them. Heather Heather enjoyed it. I I think like the issue with this is that it's a very serious concept for a show that is something about nothing. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> like really we're trying to like we're we're trying to like put a metaphor on a dog turd. After we have had a sprinter van gag, like, come on. Um, the ladies are all wearing orange in honour of Jen Shah. <laughs> is that what that colour is? <laughs> well, it's except for Lisa, Bar- Lisa Barlow is not wearing orange. Well, I mean, she's, I mean, well. She is she's orange. Got the orange on. <laughs> she's orange. She's come on in orange. Her dad <laughs> this is even true. this time. Um. What do you think of the gowns, Moshi? What gowns? I mean, Heather looks like a human condom. <laughs> I actually don't mind Heather's. I think Heather's is the best of the lot. I think this is the worst. Which one do you think? we? For those people who've been listening for a while, if you're new to this podcast, you should know that Patrizio is re- knows nothing about fashion. Oh, <laughs> please. You you always love the ugliest outfits with these women's reunion looks. I'm going to shade you on this. You, like, go full Giselle. What is going on in your mind? Who is your number one? I think my number one is Lisa Barlow because I think the other three are just, like, crap. Uh. Okay. It's like um, when I say Lisa Bali is my favorite, it's not like I'm like, wow, fashion, like, you know, beautiful designer. Like, it's just like, I'm like, okay, that that's fine. 
Lisa Bella wears the same thing every reunion. Good for her. She knows she knows what she likes. Yeah. I don't know. I think Heather's is the chicest of all of them. Ooh. Maybe it doesn't look that great on her, but to me it's the only one that properly fits the bill for a reunion gown. I don't know what Whitney's wearing. How does um how does Meredith yassify her face? Like <laughs> makeup. It's honestly wild to me. It's amazing. I love her outfit, but it's the wrong, it's not for. Can we talk? Yeah, we can talk. You know, we have a whole podcast where all we do is talk. I'm I'm inspired by Joan Rivers on Fashion Police. There's something going on with the wrap of Meredith's dress. Yes, it's asymmetric. But it makes it look like she has one saggy titty. Yes, because of the asymmetricness. It's not cute. And I am reminded of her nipples that were out of alignment. Fabulous. Well, Patricia, something that you should know about women's boobs is that they often are asymmetric. I know she's had a boob job, so they shouldn't be, but. (laughs) But this is what I mean. Like, it's just sort of like I'm, I'm all for that but I just don't feel like my eye should be, like, able to notice that. See, you were looking at her boobs, and I couldn't stop looking at how snatched her waist was because she, like, we see her all season. She always wears those, like, I'm just glad she's not wearing a hideous pantsuit, but she's not a, she's not a curvaceous woman. She's, like, very just straight. And what I love about this dress is that it creates waist. So the silhouette of this dress is phenomenal, but it's not for this show. One wrong move and we know what she had for breakfast. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not the sort of outfit you wear when you're sitting on like a panel like that. I just didn't like the colour of it and on her. And then she's got these like really dark brown hair at the moment too. I was yeah. just sort of like, it's just not, the colour palette was off for me. Her wigs were not matched. Like her her weave and her hair were not the same colour and there's this like one stripe of like really blonde highlight and I'm just like no no it's not giving Christina Aguilera like this is not Y2K it looks bad but for the most part I think Meredith's face was phenomenal oh like um, I'm telling you like it looked like she was had a filter on her face yeah she's got a really great makeup artist one of them because an injectable nurse like as well a hundred percent I mean if you've been on the pod today if you look at our stories, there's this really great Instagram that I found recently. I mean, it's been around for ages, but I just came across it recently, which is before before and after Bravo. Have you been it before? Been it before? Been on it and seen it before? Uh, is this like um, what they looked like 10 years ago? Yeah, it really focuses on like everyone from the Bravo Cinematic Universe. But like I posted Kyle's ones today because oh, yeah. I think – Kyle like needs to drop the secret like she's had some fabulous like filler done like on the jaw lines and all of those things and I think she needs to share with people how she made it happen because it looks good I mean she's got like an amazing plastic surgeon true but a lot of it's just filler there's a TikTok person who I watch who I really appreciate their transparency because they like show us what their face looks like normally. And then they show us how the filler and Botox or whatever makes their face look the way we know it to look for TikTok. And I was like, impressive. 
Obviously, a notable uh, mention is the fact that Jen Shah is not at the reunion. Is she not? <laughs> she um, was unable to because her lawyer said, given that they hadn't um, had the final sentencing, that um, it would be not right for her to go. I think it's bullshit. I think she was always pitching to have her own tell-all episode like Teresa and... I mean, that backfired, but I think that that's really what she wanted. She was trying to see how she could use it for her own and it didn't work out. Well, I think there's probably more to that as well because I think originally, like, obviously off the back of, like, BravoCon, we know that she wasn't invited to BravoCon and then that sort of, like, came out that she's no longer employed by Bravo. So if you're no longer employed by Bravo, how could you be showing up to a reunion, right? She's invited, though. So, and that's the thing where I'm like... But that, yeah, so we, this we is a timeline, though, time Moshi. She hadn't been invited. She wasn't invited. She was told not to come. And then two weeks before the reunion was invited to come. So she was still invited. Yeah, but, like, that pity invite. It's not a pity invite when you're a housewife. I'm pretty sure Bravo probably had to check their legal things as well to ensure that they could have her on the show. As long as the episode still airs, she still gets paid. Like, it's she's she's basically on gardening leave. Like, until the reunions end, she still works for Bravo. Well, I wonder how that works as well because if Bravo is not letting you come to the reunion, do you still get your reunion paycheck? It'll be a severance. Heather knew that Jen was going to be pleading guilty. Another day before. Heather is such a disappointment. I think Meredith's the real disappointment. What does what does Jen Shah have on Meredith that Meredith is so like because like how quickly we forget Jen Shah and Meredith were like feuding. I I think that Meredith is like a what are what do they call them? Not a benefit of the doubter, um, a devil's advocate person. You know, people who just love the devil's advocate of things. And that's what I think Meredith is. I don't think she gives a fuck about Jen Shah, but I think she just loves it because she can see how much it annoys the queen of Sundance. I hate that. I also think um, a lot of it has to do with Seth and um, Coach's relationship. I think they really love Coach Shah and I think that, I feel like Seth has actively sort of said to Meredith, like, okay, I get that you and Jen are going through whatever, but I love Coach and I need you just to be civil. Like, because there's, like, Meredith loses nothing. She's not besties with Jen. She just, she just, like, says what she can that is true and you know she just I think she just really enjoys coach and I think she's potentially also just being civil for the children like I think if the shoe was on the other fit I suspect you know perhaps part of what they do for business is not entirely clean either but I suspect oh you know God. if the shoe was on the other on the other foot um you know she would want Jen to be there for her kids so I think a lot of it has to do with the children I think it has a lot to do with Coach Shah, and I think it has a lot to do with, like, she's just, like, not going to beat a horse when they're down, you know? I think that's just, like, so wrong on every level. Like, I just... I agree with you. It's not what you would do. It's not what I would do, but I think that's how Meredith sees it. I just... But I don't... 
I would be fine if that was her, like, if that was her attitude the entire time, right? Yeah. Like, ever since that had come out, ever since that Sprinter Van moment that, like, you know, but the fact is that Meredith was, like, you know, at that dinner that, like, last season when she was, like, well, who is calling who a fraud? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not, not something that you then that's turn it. around and be, like, Team Jen Sharp. Because that's, to me, you're either on Team Sharp or you're off. There's Where no are you for today? I'm off. I'm not Team Sharp. I'm not in the Shah squad. Some, I feel like tomorrow you could be, so. Well, no, I don't think who who is. Who's left on the Shah squad other than Whitney and Meredith? On the Shah squad? Yes. Who's left on it? Oh, so Heather and, um, Heather and Meredith. Yeah, but I think Heather is the president of the I, – I, I just can't with Heather. Meredith, for some strange reason, like, I, it's not that I understand her rationale, but I don't see her as being a disciple, whereas Heather is a disciple. Like, Jen could have frauded Heather and Heather would have <laughs> No, but I'm not saying that as a joke. I mean it really. Like, I do not understand this level of blind loyalty, especially somebody who is so horrible about you and there are receipts everywhere like it just that to me is like you must have so little self-worth about yourself like I just can't I thought it was super interesting that Meredith whips out the phone and calls Jen during the reunion so like Jen is on standby Which is really interesting to me. So, like, the fact that, like, somehow she's been banned and then unbanned and then, like, invited, not invited, choosing not to come, but then we're allowed to call her while this on This is why I think that she chose not to come in the end because she wanted to do it her way. So then, but why? Because obviously then the conversation would be, well, I want to do it my way. Bravo is like, well, we're not doing that, right? We're doing it this way. And if you don't like it, then you don't get your reunion paycheck. Why then do they allow Jen to be called? Like, that's just the only thing that, like, doesn't make sense to me. It's not on Bravo. It's complete, like, Bravo, we're happy for her to be there. She's the one who said she couldn't be there. And so that's why she's able to phone it in. But you know what would have been funny, Patrizio? If they had just had a chair and just left the phone on a chair. <laughs> no, I, but I think, like, I'm just to beat a dead horse here, though. Like, oh, you want to beat the dead horse? Okay. It's just like, okay. So, yeah, Jen's, the math like, ain't mathing. Jen, Jen's like, I, I, I'm not coming because, like, reasons, right? Why wouldn't production kind of be like, all right, well, you're not coming. Well, then, like, you, you, you give, you get nothing, right? Like, nothing, like, we're not calling you. We're not like, giving you any, like, flashbacks. We're not going to use interview footage that we've done. Like, it should have been, like, literally, like, Jen never existed on the reunion. Yeah, and I I agree with you, but I think you're being guided by your emotions here, and that's just not the way telly works. I have no emotions. That's a fact. You do have one emotion, and it is pure rage, and that is Uh, the emotion. I thought you were going to say horniness. (laughs) Okay, you have two emotions. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Three, hunger, rage, and horniness. So let's get into the, the meat. 
before I get any hornier, um, the the feuds. Lisa and Meredith is the first thing that kind of kicks off. And all I want to talk about is the special K. Uh, same. I love the idea of Meredith being on Kemi. <laughs> it's so camp. I love it. Just her out with out with her son, out with Brooks Marks at the club, just like poppers and ketamine. Like. Well, and Jen Shah, right? Like, well, Jen Shah is definitely, well, no, I shouldn't say definitely using ketamine and poppers. But like, okay, so going back to an earlier conversation that we had today, like this is the thing. Like why are the housewives just not more open about their like drug use? Like if you're well, in an Marisol, open relationship, if you're taking this ketamine, like I want to know. Like I shouldn't have to wait until the reunion for this to come out. Okay. But here's the actual truth, Patrizio. Jen is making up lies and planting them everywhere so that she can then say that she didn't say it. Like she's 100% gaslighting Lisa Barlow right now. But the thing is that it's not personal to Lisa Barlow. She does this to all of them. She's done it to them. Like her pouring the champagne on Angie K and then be like, it's fun. It's a joke. There is nothing fun joke about it. Her throwing people's shoes off the boat. Like Jen is a liar. She makes up rumors, plants them, and then just watches everything distract. I just want to go back to the special cave at all. Meredith did not take any ketamine. I just can't wrap my head around the fact that like Meredith is doing ketamine. She didn't do it. No, but she, she I think she would have. But like No, the thing, she didn't. I mean I know you want her to. What you want and what happened, they're not the same things. It's just the the fact is that the Zoomers are doing ketamine, right? So the fact that Meredith is also doing ketamine is just curious people, to me. Patricia, people have been doing ketamine for years. It's no, but it's it's more desirable, yeah. But drugs goes in and out of fashion. This is literally just the loop. You watch as you approach middle age, you will see the drugs of your youth. They're back again. I also just love the fact that they are saying special K. Yeah, but that but that when they call it special K, that's how you know because special K is actually like a super 80s 90s term. Anyway, the drugs aside, what how do we feel? I you know what my thing is, I just like why are we back to where we were with like Lisa and Meredith? Like you know what I mean? Like this this feud has like there's nothing. This show has nothing. It's hanging on by a straw. It's hanging on by the edge of its seat. This show has nothing but Lisa Barlow. Is Meredith coming back next season, though? Probably. And and this is the thing. Like, I was thinking about it watching this reunion as well. I was like, how does Meredith made it this far? You say this far. There are only three seasons in, and each season is six episodes or something. It's not like there's much. But how has she made it this far? Like, You know how she's made it this far? Because Lisa had a rant about her. Because Lisa gave her airtime. And also by doing special K with the producers. That's what you really want to hear. Like, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Like, where where do they go from here? Like, this is the thing. Like, I'm just kind of like, shut it all down. Like, they're not friends. They're going to be friends afterwards. You watch. Once Jenny's in jail, they're all going to be friends again. I don't think so, though. Nah, they are. Mer- Meredith and Lisa, like, they'll never be besties again, but they're going to patch things up. They're, they're, never, they're not going to be doing all of the same things together, but you see there'll be a... You know, Lisa will have a charity event. Meredith will come. Like, they're on the path to reconciliation. I don't think so unless Meredith really, like, hops off the Jen Shah train. I think Lisa sees that as, like, bullshit. Once Jenny's in jail, though, she's done. She's out of the picture. She won't matter anymore. Oh, so, like, when is she going to jail? Like, soon, Patrizia. <laughs> soon. I'm going to drive this printed van to take Jen Charter's <laughs> jail at this point. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Not a sprinter van pulling up and putting her into jail. Um, question for you. Will you be streaming off Spotify or wherever you get your music? Lisa's holiday EP? No. <laughs> I don't think she can sing. <laughs> when has that ever stopped her housewife? <laughs> the ring didn't mean a thing. Don't be tardy for the party. <laughs> on display, on display. Okay. Like where like we could just keep going. Gretchen had a song for fuck's sake. Like. But I feel like that era of Housewives is long gone. Okay. Luke, it's never gone. It's cyclical. Every like you have to tick the boxes. Who is going to release a song? Are you going to have a shaman? Like there's things that have to happen on every franchise, a housewives bingo. But not being able to sing has never stopped anyone. Luann has a whole show. Yeah, but like Luann. A whole show, Patrizia. Yes, but like that's. Say la vie. Ça va. Cabaret is not to me, like, the ability to be able to sing. Like, it's a be- it's a performance. It's an art. Okay. So maybe Wait and See and Lisa, Queen of Sundance Barlow might give you a performance. Well, if she gives me a show, then maybe I'll think about it. 100%. It's going to be her, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say I want, like, Lisa, a choir, and Madonna. 100%. They need to bring back Miriam Cosby. That that is what this show needs. Like every franchise needs a Sonia Morgan, Miriam Cosby. Yes, but I think Mary's done as well. I don't want. Oh, to- I think she is. But I feel like if we pray hard enough, if we ask Jesus, he might have a word in her got the grandmother's ear. She might pass it down through Mary. You know, Mary speaks to the Holy Spirit, so anything is possible, Patrizia. Mary also speaks to her mannequin heads. What's <laughs> I'd speak to my mannequin heads if I had some. All right. Well, then the the friends of Don't Arrive by Sprint Advantage is kind of a PR. Um, gowns? Yeah, but can I tell you something? You know why? That's how you know that this show has nothing. We're already at the friends of part because there's only one other, like, thing to discuss, which is bad weather. And that's it. And that is the whole season done because Jen's not there. I know. Well, I think because this is meant to be a three-part reunion, like I think obviously the first part. What, 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 what could they have in the other parts? I don't <laughs> know. 
There's bad weather, there's the husbands, and it's it. That's kaput. Well, even the husbands, I feel like they really disappeared, like, halfway through the season. Well, as long as you keep John Barlow's name out of your mouth, you'll be fine. (laughs) Well, I definitely will. Um, Anyway, so the friends, what do we think of the gowns? I think they made sense for them. I kind of love Angie Harrington's. Yeah, so somebody else is wearing that dress in in a confessional. Damn it, there's another housewife who wears that dress in a confessional. So it's off the rack. It's not couture. <laughs> but I don't expect couture from Salt Lake City. <laughs> you should. <laughs> but I don't. like. But anyway. Dana is serving couture. Her outfit is custom made. So is Angie Kay's. Her evil eye, honey, patched in there, in the boning of that corset. I do love Angie's look. Angie KKK. Oh. You know, she's denied knowing that that man was wearing, she was in the photograph with the man wearing the White Lives Matter T-shirt. She's denied knowing what was on the back of his T-shirt. She created that T-shirt, so. Allegedly. The way that I have to say allegedly now for the shit you say. (laughs) He was probably wearing Kanye West. Allegedly means nothing. It's not going to stop us from getting sued, Patty. Allegedly. (laughs) Next. Um, So of the three, I kind of have hope for Angie Kay getting another season because I think that she actually does bring something to the show. Well, she actually does live in Salt Lake City, Patrizio, so <laughs> there's that. I mean, points were made. Like, the I way think... she's, like, she was on it in this. She was she was the MVP for me. Oh, then that's what I mean. Like, I think, like, if anyone has hopes of, like, returning next season, it should be Angie K. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that, like, they are truly going to, like, try and revamp the whole show at this point if it can come back for a season four. Um, but yeah, and I just don't think she'll get invited. I don't think we're going to ever see Angie Harrington or Dana ever again. I think we will see Dana again because they can't get rid of two Asian housewives in a row. I mean, you say housewife, but I think she passed her audition tape. I think I want to know more about where she lives on the outskirts of Salt Lake City. I want to know about all the houses she owns. I want to know about her intercultural interracial relationship with Ernesto like everything that she gave us in like she gave us like sound bites she was only speaking for like three minutes I want to know more of everything they'd be dumb not to bring her back I don't um (laughs) the only thing I did like was the thought of like her being Jen Shah's landlord and then like evicting her like I was like that's actually you know what like that is Larsa Petty Pippin like that, energy that was a, you know as you would say a serve it, like that is her like I mean unfortunately she's going to jail next season but like had Jen Shah not gone to jail like that's what Dana should have done you know who else's landlord she could be I mean the list is long Who well is? Meredith's <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think she did evicting Meredith, though, unfortunately. But um, Angie K might. <laughs> <laughs> well, that on that point as well, like when Meredith was like, well, Andy asked Meredith, like, oh, like, 
what did Seth think of your outfit? And she was like, oh, he was like still in bed. I was like, yeah, because you live in New York. Like, <laughs> no, they live <laughs> at their house in New York. I know. I know. Um, I just love that Angie, like Angie KKK went there. <laughs> she, she said so much without saying, like she was so, she was not subtle, but she said what needed to be said. I actually live in Salt Lake City. Her voice is so deep. I'm trying to do it. <gasps> but it's true. I mean, like, we all have said it. We all know it. Like, and I, I don't think, look, I, is there anything wrong with trying to get on the show? Like, I think that, yeah, she's been trying for three seasons allegedly and she got, finally got it. And I actually think, like, you know what, she kind of did a good job at it. I think she did too. And I think she ticks so many boxes of what we would not be expecting. We're not expecting a Greek woman who has grown up in Salt Lake City. Like, I want to know, is she... Latter-day Saints, is she Mormon or, you know, is she Orthodox? Like, I want to know. I want to meet her papu. I want to meet her yaya. <laughs> no, she'd be Greek Orthodox because, remember, she was in the car driving and she does, like, her cross when they pass the Greek church. Even like better. Even better. Bring her on. Um, do you know one thing that I will say about Angie Harrington that is, like, really interesting to me? Angie Harrington, like, you know, like, she literally does not see her own bullshit. Like, she is almost like Jen Shah, but in the opposite way because she's not, like, super loud and in your face. She's very subtle. But she seems to, like, she just ignores the fact that her husband created a whole troll account and instead is, like, attacking Lisa over creating troll accounts. It's like, have you heard of the phrase, those in glass houses should not throw stones? Like this woman literally has not a leg, not a toe, not a toenail to stand on and yet thinks she can go there. The delusion is real. I thought you were going to say she's like a cockroach and she just might die. Well, look, I, you know, I hate to say this. I think that she is so beautiful that like that's why I want her on the show. I'm obsessed with her nose because it's fake and I want to know what her old nose looked like. Um, her new nose is amazing. But, um, yeah, like she's unhinged. I mean, the, the whole relationship between her and I, like it's just it's something is off about her. Something, everything is off and that's why I want, I want to know more. Well, I want to find out what it is. She's done though, like we can't like, and this is the thing. If she even comes back next season, like, that should be the nail in the coffin. Like, why are we bringing her back? We we tried in season two and it was a flop. We tried in season three and again, like, I don't know how... To, the fact that she's made it to the reunion really is, like, like she's done something. To to. There's nobody on the show, Patrizio. <laughs> it looks so sad with just, like, four people beside Andy. Like, it's an embarrassment. Um, I think the big thing that we really wanted answered during these reunions was the black eye, which we got. I something really funny. Yeah. When Andy was segueing into this section, the way he said black eye, I thought he said black guy and he was looking at it and he was like, okay, let's get into the black guy. And I was like, black guy? What is going on? You can't just say the man is black on the show, can you? I didn't know which one we were talking about, so that was me. I didn't get that, but I'm glad that you did. Um, So what is the truth? (laughs) 
Her Mormon shame, apparently, Patrizio. Which is like a weird angle to have taken. It's whenever she gets co- like for clumped, she goes full Mormon. Like she blames the religion. I'm done. Heather, I'm I'm disappointed in Heather. She could have been amazing. Instead, she's like meh. She's like a souffle that didn't rise to the occasion. Well, I think this is what happens when, like, this is the thing. Like, she wanted to be a housewife. She was a fan and. No, but she could have been good. She just, like, has made dumb decisions and it's dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. But is it her dumb decisions or is it somebody telling her what to do? Like, because this whole thing. So I thought, first of all, that was really interesting that, that, again, there was a HR investigation. And I just want to say that HR investigations are never good for any of these shows because they end up, like, resulting in, like, cancellation. But. I was very interested to hear that there was some form of investigation as to her black eye, Um, that there's an insinuation that the producers were somehow, like, I think that they, like, were involved or were hiding it or had more information or the rest of it. I think that that's an insinuation that was made offline. Like, that was never, like, we just sort of read about that in the blogs. And I think she disproved that in in the reunion episode. Well, but then Lisa, because Lisa was like, you know, I think it put, I, I think it put some producers like jobs on the line a little bit, like and there and the housewives as well. Like she she really should have just said from the beginning, like I do not know how it happened, and let them do their investigation. Instead, she kerfuffled all this stuff, and now you know. Everyone is a suspect, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. I I mean, what do you believe happened after hearing everything in this reunion? So I still kind of believe the um, the Botox of it all. Like I think that that feels really plausible just because, like, I guess, yes, it did look like she'd been punched in the eye, but I just feel like a punch that's severe, you don't just wake up and your eye is bruised. Like there is so much, like you're knocked out. You're like hitting a wall. Like there is more pain. I know she had like, you know, scratched arms or whatever, but I think that's just from them being drunk and being idiots. But I I think that had it been like a violent attack, I think had she been attacked, I think she would have fought back and I think there would be damage elsewhere and there just isn't, or she would have sustained more injuries. Um, I guess as well, potentially something could have hit her in the eye, um, things like that. But, yeah, I think I like, I mean, I the, the Botox thing is something that makes sense to me. What do you think happened, Patrizio? Jen Shah happened. I don't think that like Jen Shah like punched her in the face. Like I don't think it was like a like a, an attack on Heather by Jen. I think that they were like get drunk and like doing stupid shit, and she got whacked in the eye, and they were probably like laughing about it when it happened. And then when she wakes up in the morning, you know, she saw the bruise. Like how many that happens all the time. You get drunk, you fall over. Your next morning, you you wake up and you can't stand on your foot and you're like, you've severed a ligament or something because yeah. like you were doing something drunk. And when you're drunk, you can't Are feel you the pain. Are just rehashing my ligament story that I've told you before? 
I have many a friend that has the same <laughs> ligament story, right? Like, and I think that it was an attempt to protect Jen Shah because even if it was innocent, obviously given her legal situation, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't conducive to that. And probably as well, like in terms of like, you know, getting sanctioned by the network or something as well, if they, they did do an investigation and find that, because to me, what was telling was when Lisa was like, was it Lisa or Whitney that was saying that the next day Jen was very reserved on her phone the whole time, kind of like when it got brought up, Jen was kind of like, yeah, what's it going to be, Heather? Like kind of like I think they were hiding what Jen Shah had done. But like again, like had we all just been honest and open from the beginning and be like, yep, Jen and I were, you know, doing roly-polies in my bedroom and, you know, she whacked her leg into my face and I woke up and I got a black eye. That would have been the end of it. I think that Heather, like just hearing this and the thought that it could have been Jen, I feel that she suffers from a version of like battered women syndrome. Like the way that she allows Jen to just her loyalty to Jen and the fact that Jen is abusive to her and is manipulative to her, I can't watch that. Like I almost think she should not be back on the show because of it because she needs help. But I'm just, oh, sorry. To me, that's the Mormon shame, right? The Mormon shame is the fact that she has become totally submissive to these people who are really abusive towards her, right? Mm. And that that's to me what it is, right? It's not this, I mean, sure, the alcohol thing as well, perhaps, but I, I don't think as much. Because to me, like, if you've got Mormon shame over alcohol, you would be like that anytime you get drunk. Blackout yeah. drunk especially, but like, you know, still. No, you're absolutely right. Um, my last question for you on this topic is, do you think that Jen and Heather are fucking? <laughs> I don't think Heather's fucking anyone. I think she is the black guy. <laughs> I still I think, think her and Coach Shah are going to hook up while Jen's in, locked up, man. Like, I think if Heather was hooking up with guys, she would be a lot more fun to be around. She tells us that she is. She just hasn't found the one. The, the one black dick that she wants. Okay, I said black guy. Why do you have to take it there? Why? Because well, you're insinuating I'm just going to straight up. I was saying. saying. I said black guy. You take it all the way to the other side and then and then this becomes a smart podcast because of you. <laughs> I'm just cognizant of the fact that we cognizant. have. Cognizant. <laughs> the explicit rating, okay? I thought that meant I could say whatever I wanted. Cognizant. <laughs> it's your <laughs> I am cognizant of Heather's sex life. Thank you. Of everyone's. Okay. Well, do you have anything else that you want to say about Salt Lake City? Are you excited for part two of this reunion or are you happy for it to burn to the ground? Um, I think the only thing that I'm interested in moving forward is just all of their sort of like reactions about Jen and her sentencing and all the rest of it. Um, I don't know. The husbands appear. I'm kind of like, why? Um <laughs> So the, can- the friends don't seem to last that long either because in that, like, that flash forward that we got for next week, like, the friends weren't even on it. Like, it's just, it's all, you know, it's all just, like, a plane that's, like, about to crash. Yeah, they're just checking checking the boxes at this point. I am truly a believer of the fact that 
it's going to get the Dallas treatment. They're going to do some test filming for season four, find that they've just not got the right formula and it'll get canned. And say they weren't going to can it, but who do you think should go and who do you think should stay? <sighs> Keep Lisa and Whitney and Angie Kay and get rid of the rest. What is wrong with you, Whitney? Whitney. Whitney. If Whitney can come back in another season and play just like the jester, you know, dumb sex jokes and all the rest of it, that's what the show needs. And the other women can't give that. I'd be interested to see what Whitney is like with Heather only because I think Whitney relies on Heather for the storyline. Like she needs to blame someone so that she can talk about constantly being gaslit and things like that. So I, for, for one side of me is interested to see what Whitney could look like on this show without Heather. Cause I think you'll find that she would flop. Well, I mean, but I guess that depends on who she's casted around. She'll flop. Another one of her long lost cousins. Well, they're straight. (laughs) All right. Well, we've come to the conclusion of another incredibly long pod episode. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As always, Patricia, it is wonderful to just, you know, just talk with you because I think you only realised two-thirds in that what we're doing is just talking. Um, Where can the people contact us? (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Moshi. I feel like I am on a different podcast right now. You can find us at From the Lower Level Pod on Instagram. Um, always the greatest curation of stories. Um, and you can also find us anywhere that you listen to your podcasts and rate, review, follow, subscribe. We don't say subscribe. <laughs> Add us to your RSS feed, like, and we'll be back again next week. He he dropped the RSS feed. Anyway, we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. 